Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and so that's what we intend to do. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, we've got a lot of good stuff here today. You can start playing at any time. Um, I'm going to talk about a few different things before I jump into my message, but I've invited the piano player to play this morning as I, as I share with you about the love of God. Tonight, today's message is entitled, The Power of Love. And so we're, we've talked about God's love and how much God loved us. We talked about last week's message was entitled, Redeeming Love, and it's the redeeming love of God. And today, I want to talk to you about the power of love. But like I mentioned last week, there is only so much that we're going to be able to retain with our mind. And so part of us has to, uh, we have to be able to listen with our spirit. And so as I share about the love of God today, I know that this may be a new concept for some of you. So I'm repeating it today as over next week, over last week. And so as I speak to you today, understand with your mind, but allow it to be the riverbanks that open up and allow the spirit of God to speak to your spirit that the love of God might be imparted in a new and an ever-increasing way. Ephesians tells us, uh, Paul prays, that we would know the love of God that surpasses knowledge. And so we know that the love of God surpasses what we are able to fully comprehend. And so we have to allow the love of God to just come and just to minister to our hearts. And so listen with all of your understanding. But allow the love of God to come and fill your heart even as we, even as I speak this morning. It's not unbiblical. If we look into 2 Kings, I forget the chapter, when Elijah was asked to bring a prophetic word, he says, get me a musician. <laughs> and so here we go. We're just going to, we're going to do this today. Amen. Um, you may or may not have noticed there is a sign out on the front of the church. It was, I, we hung it up this week. That was the sign that was given during pastor's appreciation. And it's a historical marker. And it says, in this house, miracles happen. In this house, miracles happen. Because we've seen it. Yeah, that's right. That's what God did. You can clap for God. In this house, miracles happen. In this house, they've already happened. They're going to continue to happen. And so it's a historical marker to let you know that this is a place where miracles happen. Let it be a reminder every time we walk in the door, every time we walk out the door, that God is a God of miracles. He suspends natural limitations and does what he wants. This is the definition of a miracle. A miracle is when natural limitations are suspended and God does what he wants anyways. How does a pacemaker get removed from a body supernaturally without a doctor? How do, how does, how do lumps be gone and cancer be gone and birthmarks disappear off of people's faces that have been there for 50 years? There's no natural explanation. These are supernatural things. On the sign, it says uh, established 2018. That's when I became pastor. The church was started in 86. And so don't be confused by that, but know that. Um, I also want to uh, make mention of the trunk or treat. Listen, you know, I know some people have a, uh, a problem with Halloween. That's okay. Halloween is a high holy day for evil people. But we're taking it back. We're taking it back. We are actually going to take our light and we are going to run into the darkness and we're going to shine our light there. 
We're going to shine our light, and we're, we're going to preach the gospel to the lost and to the hurting. Now, you're not going to see the high holy um, events of evil at the Knickerbocker trunk or treat. You may see somebody dressed in an evil costume, right? You may see a, a scary uh, whatever. Th that's okay. Uh, they're not real. You're not going to see any human sacrifice there, you know? Some of this stuff that goes on, I've heard on Halloween. Um, but what we're doing is we're saying, hey, this is something that the community is doing. This is something that culture is doing. And so we have a desire, we have a mandate to engage culture. And so we're taking our light and we're running into the dark place in culture and we're shining our light and saying, hey, Jesus loves you. We don't even have to tell them that what they're doing is wrong. What we have to tell them is that Jesus loves them. And so we're down there and we're just shouting, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. It, it's every, it, if you were there last year, if anybody made it by, we, it's everywhere, right? Engage God, engage church, engage culture. We put little tracks in the bags, invite cards. And you know what, you know what our desire is? There's a circle there and I don't know, there's like a hundred cars. Our desire is to give out the best candy. Hundred people giving out candy, we're gonna give out the best. We're not gonna give out like, average candy. We're not going to give out really good candy. We're going to give out the best candy. And so we take these little candy bags and we load them up with all kinds of good stuff. And our desire, I mean, I don't, we didn't go, I didn't trick or treat around the circle. Maybe we're going to have to have some kids do that just so that we know that we're giving out the absolute best. We want to give out the absolute best candy. Why? Because they're going to know that it came from us. And what do we want our testimony to be? Those people, they, they gave the best candy. I'm stopping there every year. I know the line is long because they have fun over there, but we're not going to miss it because they have the best candy. And so this is what we're going to do. Uh, last year, like, uh, like we said, we passed out uh, 1,300, uh, 1,000 bags. This year we're going to do 1,300. We were a few short last year. Um, but man, it was so good, so good, so good. Uh, there is a, a box in the back over here for candy donation. Uh, so if you have not picked up a bag, pick up a bag, go out to the grocery market, buy some candy, bring it back, stick it in the box over there. I mean, 1,300 bags with multiple things of candy is a lot of candy. So if you wanna help with that and sign up on the sign-up sheets, come on down and run the cornhole board. It's really easy. You pick up the bags, you hand them to the kids, they throw them in the thing. You pick up the bags, you hand them to the kids, they throw them in the thing. You pick up the bags, right? And it's just, you're there for an hour and you get to smile and welcome all of these children or hand out the candy. They know you've got the best candy on the loop. They're gonna be so happy to see you and you're the one giving them the candy. Or come on down to pray, right? We've got a big sign down there. Hey, we believe in the power of prayer. What can we pray for you for? And so anybody that comes by that wants prayer, this is what we're here to do. And we're there to change lives. And we do. Amen. 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 Um, just a couple testimonies. Um, I, I'm just going to share one. The other ones, I don't know. We'll, we'll catch up with those at some point. Um, somebody was sharing with me this week um, about joy. And I have this thing that I say often about joy. When I first began this joy walk that I've found, when I first began to consider it pure joy when you come into various trials, I didn't understand what that meant. And so at the very beginning, I just began to declare by faith joy. 
try would happen, and I would just say, joy. Say it right out loud. And so someone, and so trial comes, joy, joy, joy. And so this is how it started for me. And so somebody was sharing with me that they heard me say that and that they began to do that. And what they didn't realize was how many times in a day they would have to actually say joy. And so I love it, man. I, it, and I know it's just the beginning, right? You begin to declare it by faith. Trial happens, something happens, something, you know, the, the machine breaks down again, flat tire, you run out of gas, you're running late, whatever it is, whatever that trial is, and there's lots of trials in our life and they're all different for everybody. And when the trial comes and you recognize, man, I'm being tested again, man, that somebody's pushing on me again, joy. Just declare it right out loud. You may not understand it. You don't under, I don't understand how it works. It took me a little while to figure it out. But just declare joy, 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 joy. And so make that declaration over your life. There's a trial coming, but it's joy. I choose joy. I consider it pure joy when this is coming on me. That's scripture. Amen. 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 All right, let's jump into scripture here. Like I said, today's message is entitled, uh, The Power of Love. And so let's, let's take a look at love again today. Let's understand love in the core of what it is. And as I speak this morning, allow, obviously listen with your mind, listen with your ears, understand with your mind, but allow the love of God, allow the words of love, allow the scriptures of love to hit you in your spirit this morning and learn something that you can't learn with your mind. Amen. Amen. Song of Solomon 8, 6 through 7. This is a uh, love song between Solomon and his wife. It's a, it's, a, um, it's a narrative for the love between Christ and us. And so the, um, the beloved says, Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is as strong as death, jealousy as cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. If a man were to give for love all of the wealth of his house, it would be utterly despised. It says, set me as a seal upon your arm, as a seal upon your heart. I've recently learned that if you were to look at a DNA strand and you were to break it down, right, the DNA strand, there's these two ribbons and then there's all of these lines that run in between. The lines that run in between actually spell out Yahweh. I think it's actually Y-W-H, but that's the way they would have written it in the Old Testament Hebrew. They, they cut out the vowels, but it, that's what it is. That's what's on the DNA strand. Yahweh, our na his name is literally written on every DNA strand in every single cell of your body. <laughs> the more we find out, <laughs> the more we find out, the more his word is proved true. Write me a, set me as a seal upon your heart. Well, I already have. For love is as strong as death. We're talking about the power of love. Love is as strong as death. And so take this scripture home. I hope you write these down. At least take notes. You know, pull out your phone, take a note, write down the scriptures, go home and reread them. Meditate on this one thing this week. 
Love is as strong as death. How strong is death? It's pretty strong. It's pretty final. It, no one comes back from being dead, very few. Uh, there's a few stories of life after death, right? Very, very few, less than 1%. Nobody's ever escaped death, except for, no, he died. Enoch and Elijah. Somebody's in here reading their Bible. Nobody's ever escaped death, save two, all of human history. It's 100% guaranteed. There is a one in one chance that you will die. Those are pretty high odds. Death is strong. Love is as strong as death. Yeah. That should be a wow. That should be a, a corporate wow. But how many times have we read it and we're just like, ah, oh, yeah, okay. Love is a jealousy as cruel as the grave. I thought jealousy was a bad thing. Yeah, it is. But love is like jealousy. And it can be cruel. Love is a flame. Its flames are flames of fire. Love is passion. Love is hot. I'm not talking about eros love, guys, okay? So get your mind back in the right spot. Agape love. It's, it's this flame. It's this fire. It's this passion. What stops fire? Nothing. What stops fire? A lack of fuel, and that's it. A most, ven a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Love can't be stopped. Many waters, all of the waters, all of the water that you pour onto that fire, it just can't put it out because it's love. It can't be stopped. Power of love, the power of love, the power of love. Nor can the floods drown it. You ever seen the fire burning through the water? I mean, they're doing things like, you know, putting gas underneath the water and lighting the gas in order to make that happen, right? You've seen this, right? And so this is the, this is the idea that we're getting at here. You could take that flame of, of love and completely cover it with water and you still can't put it out. You still can't put it out. You still can't put it out. If a man would give for love all of the wealth of his house, it would be utterly despised. You can't buy love. Can't buy me love. I don't care too much for money. Money can't buy me. Why do I sing like this? Because it's catchy. You remember stuff. I, uh, Four-year-old. Four-year-old. Yeah. Four-year-old came up to me, uh, I think it was at the ordination, right? And they had stayed home and they had watched four or five and uh, so they had stayed home and watched. And after service, they were home, and the little girl was playing with her toys. And she says, you know, I forget which toys they were. And the toys were saying, love, 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 love. Where'd she get that from? <laughs> right? More is caught than taught. This is how you learn by the Spirit. And so I'm not afraid to throw in a little song. Love, 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 love. Can't buy me love. Because some of that you're just catching. Your spirit's hearing it. 
Your spirit's understanding it. Isn't that a secular song, Pastor Matt? Didn't the Beatles sing that? Yeah. But that's not to say that they weren't being prophetic to their generation. I'm not saying that they were all right. Just saying. It's truth. You can't buy love. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment in all of the law? Jesus responds. It's very interesting that Jesus responds and answers a question. He's asked 357 questions throughout the, the Gospels. He answers four of them directly. So for Jesus to answer a question directly, we should take note of it. 357 questions, here's one, and he answers it directly. What is, what is the greatest commandment in the law? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, it says in Deuteronomy. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all of the law and all of the prophets. Love God with all of your heart. Love God with all of your spirit. Love God with all of your soul, with all of your emotions. Love God with all of your mind. Love God with all of your intellect. And love God with all of your strength, with all of your physical. So spirit, soul, and body, get them all involved in loving God. Loving God isn't just a one thing, it's in everything. Spirit, soul, and body, we are three-part beings and so we need to love God with our spirit. We need to love God with our soul, with our mind, emotions, and our intellect. And we need to love God with our, with our, with our flesh, with our body, with our physical response as well. Love God. This is the greatest commandment. If you do one thing well, do this. Love God. Love God. If you are having trouble getting closer to God, set your, set your mind to do one thing. Love Him and in turn receive his love because we can only love him as we receive his love. If you want to get closer to the Lord, I'll, I'm going to give you one thing to do. Love God. Read through your scriptures cover to cover and figure out what you need to do to love God better. The answers are there. The answers are right here. It's not a secret. It's just hidden, but it's hidden so that we can find it. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search that matter out. You are kings and priests to God. And so God has hidden from us and the whole world his love, but it's your glory to be able to go and search out the love of God and come to a deeper understanding. God doesn't hide things from us so that we can't find them. He hides them so that we can find them. There is a glory in the finding. There is a glory in the pursuit. <laughs> if it's given freely, we tend not to treasure something. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets. In Luke's gospel, the questioner asks, and who is my neighbor? Wanting, the lawyer asks, thank you lawyers. Wanting to justify himself. And Jesus 
tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. And so who is our, who is our neighbor? Everyone that you see. Everyone that you see. Everyone that you see. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's a, there's a, um, one of the books that we read regularly. I think it's um, After God's Own Heart. It might be another one, but I think it's that one. The person's talking about this scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself. And um, she prays and she says to the Lord, I'm trying to love my neighbor as myself, but it doesn't seem to be going very well. And the Lord speaks to her and says, that's the problem, you don't love yourself. And so we have to love ourselves. We have to have an understanding that God loves us just the way we are, just the way we are, with all of our failings, with all of our shortcomings, with every single thing that we bring to the table, our successes and our failures, God loves us. There is nothing that you can do to cause God to love you any more than he already does. It's not a performance thing. There is nothing that you can do to cause God to love you any less. It's not a performance thing. God doesn't love because of performance. God loves because he loves. It's an expression of who he is. It's part of who he is. On these two commandments hang all of the law and all of the prophets. And I've said this before. It's cliff notes on the Old Testament. Old Testament begins right there. Or this is the Old Testament on this side. This is the New Testament on this side. You can see the Old Testament's bigger than the New Testament, almost by three times as much. You can skip reading it as long as you love God and love one another. Done. Ship it. <laughs> Uh, and yet we all have trouble doing just those two things. Luke eleven forty two. But woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass by justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. I'm going to read it out of Matthew as well. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. Those are spices these little tiny things, and you have neglected the weightier matters, the more important things of justice and mercy or love and faith. And so he's saying, you've tithed, like you down to the penny, down to the half penny, but you've forgotten about love and justice and faith, and those things are way more important. And so you should love and have faith and do justice. And then you, I mean, keep doing the other things that you're doing as well. But those other things that you're doing, they should really flow out of this heart of love. Love is the way to your matter. Love is the way to your matter. Justice is the way to your matter. Faith is the way to your matter. This is the more important things. This is where we need to concentrate our efforts. Romans 13, eight through 10. Owe no one anything except to love one another. So we have a debt of love that we need to show one to another. For he who loves another 
has fulfilled the law. Fulfilled the law. We're all impossible. It's all, it, it's actually impossible for any of us to keep the, the, the law. But when we love one another, we fulfill the law. We actually keep the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this one saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. It's funny, what is the greatest commandment in the law? In the law? And he says, um, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. That's not even one of the Ten Commandments. So let's, did we just take one of these, uh, one of these commandments? Right? You shall, he says, all of these commandments, they're all summed up in this one saying, love does no harm to a neighbor. So if we take any one of these, we, you shall not commit adultery. And so if we think about the idea of someone committing adultery, who do we hurt? We hurt everybody involved in the process. We hurt our wife. We hurt the one that we've had the adulterous relationship with. We hurt ourselves. We hurt our children. We hurt our brothers and sisters. We hurt our mothers and fathers, and we hurt the people in our body. We're all hurt when that happens. Everyone, everyone that's involved in the relationship, no matter how much we're touching that relationship, whether it's a lot or a little, we're all hurt. We all have, an, we all have this opportunity where we'll feel unloved because of that action. So love would never do that. Take another one, covetousness. You shall not covet. And so when I covet something that someone else has, someone has something that I want, but not just that I want, but now I'm, I've, I'm positioning myself and thinking, how can I get what they have? That's covetousness. Now I can't love that person because they have the thing that I desire. And if I were to get it from them, I still can't love them. And so covetousness, again, it just puts up these walls where I can't love. I can't love. I can't love. And so they've got to go. These things have got to go. Love fulfills the law. Galatians 5, 6, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. But what counts, in another translation it says, but what counts is faith working through love. Paul had just gone on in most of Galatians 4 about circumcision and uncircumcision. And how when people who were uncircumcised were to be circumcised, that they put themselves back into a component where they're trying to um, complete their faith by walking out in the law. And so circumcision and non-circumcision is not an argument or it's not a discussion that we have in the church today. But this was the, this was the theological issue of the day. And so just take the theological issue that you have today and just stick it in there. Instead of saying circumcision versus uncircumcision, whatever it is, do those things matter? Does that thing matter? 
Paul says, it doesn't count for anything. It doesn't count for anything. But what matters is faith working through love or faith expressing itself through love. <laughs> faith. The divinely imparted grace of God. Faith. 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 Faith is the divinely imparted grace of God. The, imp the divinely imparted strength of God. The divinely inspired intentions of God. The divinely inspired workings of God. And so God puts something on your heart to do for some, someone else, whatever that thing is. And then you step out and you do it, not with begrudgingly, not with words that show your disagreement because they believe differently. You do it with love. You do it with love. You do it with love, with love, with love, with love. And so you take that faith that God has given you, that thing that God has put in your heart to do, and you step out and you do that thing in love. <laughs> Jesus. First Peter 4, 7 through 10. But the end of all things is at hand. The end of all things is at hand. 2,000 years ago, Peter wrote and basically said, hey, the end of all things is at hand. The world's coming to an end. I mean, we would say the same thing today with what we see going on in the Middle East. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious. This isn't joking. I know I laugh a lot. We do laugh a lot. That's good. And be watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. That's good news. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling as each one of us has received a gift ministered to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Have fervent love for one another. Have passionate love for one another. Not just not just your spouse, not just your children, not just your loved ones, your close. Have fervent love for everyone. Have this passionate love for everyone. For love will cover a multitude of sins. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. I want to read the rest. I want to go through the rest of the scripture here. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Without grumbling without grumbling, without grumbling. You know, we can do the right thing with the wrong heart and we get no reward. We, <laughs> we can do the right thing with the wrong motive or with the wrong heart, with the wrong intention and we get no reward. If, we, if we're hospitable with grumbling, didn't count. Might as well not do it. It didn't even count. You did it. And it didn't make any difference in the world. They didn't get blessed. You didn't get blessed. God didn't get blessed. You're literally, if you can't do it without grumbling, you're literally better off doing it, not doing it at all. 
As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Have you received a gift from God? We've all got a spiritual gift. There's not a person in here that doesn't have a spiritual gift. We have a couple of small groups that we run on repeat here. Uh, one of them is activating your spiritual gift. Every person in this room has a spiritual gift, maybe two, maybe three. And what does it say? You've been given a gift as each one has been given a gift as how you have received a gift, minister it to one another. And so if you've been given the gift, go and do it. If you've been given the gift of helps, go help somebody. If you've been given the gift of intercession, go and pray with and for somebody. If you've been given the gift of evangelism, go and lead someone to Christ. If you've been given the gift, go and use your gift. What's my gift? Sign up for the uh, Activating Your Spiritual Gifts class. This is real easy. Romans 12, Romans, uh, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. That's where the gift lists basically are. Read through them. Go to giftstest.com and take the gift test that's there. 66 questions, two minutes, you'll know. I don't have two minutes. Yes, you do. And as you've been given the gift, put it in your heart and then just go and start using it. Start using your gift. What's your gift? What's your gift? What's your gift? A man's gift makes room for itself. Pastor Tom was, we were, we were away for the elders retreat this weekend. Pastor Tom was regaling of the stories of how he started um, a group in uh, Boston Spa. And then he went to the Hamptons. And the next thing he knows, he's got 30 kids, 30 college-age students in his living room. And then how does this happen? Because he's got a gift. And he just can't help himself and the gift made room for itself. Next thing you know, there's 30 young people gathered around him. It's the gift of pastor that was active in him. He couldn't even, he couldn't help himself if he wanted to. To this day, he still, he can't help himself even if he wants to, but he just flows in his gift, flows in his gift, flows in his gift. A man's gift makes way for itself. And so if you have the gift, doors will be opened. I'm telling you right now, if you have a gift of pastor, people will gather right around you. It will not be mistakable. If you have a gift of teacher, people are going to learn when you speak. If you have a gift of helps, people are going to help feel helped and loved when you're done. If you have the gift of evangelism, people are going to come to Christ all the time. You'll be bringing new people to church every week. Someone says to me recently, I can't stop inviting people to your church. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's your church too. It's wonderful. Why? Because God's doing something here. And that person has the gift of evangelism. And so they just keep inviting and inviting and inviting. Listen, you got to come. You got to see what God's doing. Someone, a couple, several different people have said to me, you know, it seems that you're doing a really good job of equipping people here with the gifts and with you know, what they need to be able to do the work of the Lord. That's very interesting. And several people have said, I don't know that I've seen that anywhere. Well, praise God. I don't know. We didn't do it because nobody else is doing it. We just felt did it because this is what God has given us to do. Right? Ephesians 4.11 says, God has given the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, and teacher for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. And so that's my job is to get you guys equipped so that you guys can go out with the gift that you guys have been called to do. 
And so this is what we continually do. We want to empower you in your gift. Let's talk about your gift. Let's talk about what your gift is. Let's talk about what your gift isn't. You know, the gift of discernment is not just pointing out everybody's faults. That's not. That's not it. That's not what it is. That's just the spirit of being um, critical, right? And that's not the spirit of discernment. No, we re re we'll, we'll, fi we'll fix that, and then we'll send you out, and we'll help you to... <laughs> We'll help, you, we'll help you to employ your gift and bless people. And you know what happens when you use your gift? God gives you another one. He's like, hey, you did good with that helps gift. Here, try this one out. Hey, you did good with that one. Here, try this one out. Hey, you've done good with that one. Here, try this one out. Hey, try this one out. Try this one out. Next thing you know, you're flowing in all the gifts. I believe it's fully possible for all of us if we come to a place of full surrender to flow in all the gifts. The problem is surrender. How much do we want to surrender? Uh, we read this scripture and it says, love will cover a multitude of sins. There's a parallel scripture in Proverbs. It says, hate stirs up strife, but love covers all sin. Love covers all sin. Love covers all sin. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers all sin. As we're in relationship with one another, and as we love one another, the love of God in us empowers me and empowers the other person that I'm in relationship together with that when a sin comes up it can easily be overlooked love covers a multitude of sin love covers a multitude of sin and so this is the power of love it covers a multitude of sin love covers sin Not only when we act in love do we avoid sin in its nature, because we do. Because if we've set out to intentionally love someone, intentionally love everyone, then we will not sin. If we could completely love, love completely, and let everything that we do, every word that we say, every action that we speak, if we could let every single thing that we do be done in love, we would never sin. We would never sin. But things come in the way, thoughts come in the way, selfishness comes in the way, my own desires come in the way, And they distract us from loving one another. But if we have this history of love, and then there's a little sin here or there, we can easily let that go. We can easily overlook that because we know that that's not in the nature of that person normally. And there's forgiveness there. There's compassion there. It's love. 
Love is the most powerful. Love is the most powerful. Jordan, in on my, uh, to the left of my desk, there's two pictures hanging on the wall. Just pull them off. They should come right off. They're up there with um, those easy strips. You should pull them right off. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. Colossians 3, 12 through 14. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving with one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all of this, but above all of these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Bond of perfection. The bond of perfection. He lists a list here. And some of these things are descriptions of what love is and what love does. Put on tender mercies. Have mercy for one another. That's part of a description of what love is. That's part of a description of what love looks like. Put on kindness. 1 Corinthians 13 says love is kind. Put on humility. Put on meekness. Put on long-suffering or patience. Put on bearing with one another. Put on forgiving one another. Put on all of these things. All of these things are important. And then after you've done all of those things, put on love. Love is in all of those things, but love is also in addition to all of those things. And so put on love, and you'll be perfect. You'll be perfect. You'll be perfect. If we could just love, this is the call of God that we love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love, 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 love. Recently, um, Lori was interviewing me for um, a book that she's writing, and we were talking about hope and faith and joy and other things. And um, whenever I'm in a wonderful conversation like this or with many of others, you know, young people that are asking questions, even, even people that are being belligerent, and Lori wasn't doing that, I'm, uh, I'm just saying, but even in those instances, I'm always listening to and answering questions by the Holy Spirit because I want to speak what God has to speak. Watchman Nee said in his book, he said, we, we as Christians should say nothing unless the Holy Spirit prompts us. 
It would eliminate most conversation for 98% of us. That's okay. That's okay. Some of us need to talk less. Even a fool is found to be wise when he holds his tongue. <laughs> this is just scripture. That's scripture. In the, in the presence of many words, sin is not lacking. If you just keep talking, you're going to say something wrong. Anyways, back to the uh, interview. She's interviewing me, and we're asking. She's asking me all these wonderful questions, and I mean, the Holy Spirit is in the room, and I'm pulling down wisdom from heaven that I don't know where I'm getting. And then at the end of the interview, she says this. She says, "What about love?" We had touched on multiple things that day, and she says, "What about love?" And I said, "Well," I said, "Love is the love is the trump card." Love wins every time. Love is greater than all of those things. And so I, I said, the only way that I can describe it is that if you had the royal flush, right? You're playing poker and you have the royal flush, Pastor Steve. And you've got ace through 10. Ace through 10, and they're all the same suit. That's the royal flush. And I don't know if aces is better than hearts, but let's go with that. They're all the same. You've got the royal flush. You can't do any better. Four aces does not beat royal flush. Doesn't. Comes in second. Comes in second. Having the royal flush is like having faith, hope, love, joy, peace. You got them all. Man, you just won. This is the best hand possible. You can't do any better than a royal flush. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't beat this hand. But there's another hand that you can have that can beat it when it comes to the Lord, and it's love. And there should be six cards in this hand because you can't have six cards in your hand. But with love, the rules go out the window. And so love, the six-card love hand, oh, the five here, that's fine. The five-card love hand. There's not five aces in a deck. How'd you get five love? And I've already got a love. How'd you get, how'd you get that? It's love. All the rules get thrown out. This is love. And this wins. This wins. Love wins. Love wins. Love wins. Love wins. Love wins. They'll be won by love. They will know that we are Christians by our love. They're not going to know that we're Christians by our perfect doctrine. They're not going to know that we're Christians because we eat the bread and the wine. They're not going to know that we're Christians by what we're against. They're going to know that we're Christians by our love. Love should be the predominant emotion, the predominant thing that anyone sees in your life. We should be hearing the question, I see that you love so much. How come? Because of Jesus. Because of God. Because God loves me. That's why. That's why. It's not even possible. You can't do this. I know I can't, but we did. This is the love of God. It goes beyond. It is miracle power. I tell this to the healing team all the time. If you want to see more movement of the Holy Spirit, you want to see more healings in your life, 
Pray for healing with compassion, and you'll see more than if you pray with any other motive that there is. You can pray and have the motive of your heart to be that God receive glory, and you will not see as many healings as if you pray with compassion. It's theologically sound. Go and look it up. It's about 30 scriptures that you need to find in order to prove that. I'm telling you the truth. Love. 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 Jesus. The bond of perfection. The bond of perfection. Stand to your feet. I'm just going to pray. now these three remain faith, hope and love but the greatest of these is love Lord cause us to love God let us be your hands and feet on the earth God let us speak your words let us be your voice God let us be your heart to this generation, to these people that walk the earth today. Everyone inside these walls and everyone outside these walls, whoever it is that we meet on the street, in the coffee shop, in the grocery market, let us love. Let us love with your love. Let us love with your love which knows no bounds. Let us love with your love, which is unending, which gives of itself, not thinking of its own. Let us love. God, right now, I pray, expand my heart to love more. God, I want to love more. God, I want to love more. God, I am not satisfied with my current display of love, I want more love. God, I want to display more love in all that I do. No matter where I find myself, no matter what I find myself doing, God, let love be the overwhelming expression of my life. be more than just hearts and arrows and candies. Let it be more than just words that we speak or thoughts that we think. But let our love be actions. Let our love be movements. God, let our love flow and touch a needing generation. God, there is a generation that surrounds us every day that needs love more than they need anything. 
and you've put us in this world to bring it to them. God, I want to be a carrier of your love. God, I want to be infected with the love of Jesus that I can pollute others. Let love flow. Let love flow. Let love flow. Let love flow. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Those photos that I held up, they were drawn by Janice. Wonderful job, Janice. I know you're here somewhere. Thought brought to life. Pastor Steve, come on up. Receive the offering this morning. As Pastor Steve's coming, I just want to remind you, be sure to sign up for the um, trunk or treat. We, we do need some hands down there to help. And uh, Pastor Steve. Can you hear me now? Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Um, there are multiple ways to give here at Redeeming Love. There's a card in your chair backs and a slide on the screen explaining different ways. This is what the card looks like. Uh, Pastor Matt does believe in miracles. He said, exhort for two minutes. Hallelujah. All right, let's see if I can do a sermon in 150. Um, I'm going to scripture that has been stuck on my mind and heart for the last three, four weeks as I was reading Proverbs 19, 10, 10b specifically. It says, do not let a slave <clears throat> rule the prince. Do not let the natural man rule the spirit man. The spirit man, you know, if, if uh, over the years I've heard, I think about every uh, giving scripture, you know, uh, Malachi, don't rob God of your tithe. Uh, Corinthians, Galatians. I've heard, you know, the spirit man hears, it says, uh, God's not mocked, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. But the natural man says, you know what? I'm going to cut my tithe down by $10 this week, and I'll get two more lattes. $10 isn't going to matter much to the church. They say they're doing well. Gee, maybe next week I make it, can make it 15 and get three lattes. Or maybe, you know, I, can, I want to buy some show tickets for myself. Ooh, I want to buy a, oh, look at that blouse. You know, I, you know if I just, oh, you know, church don't mind if I skip one week. God doesn't mind. The natural man's going to try to tell you, tell the spirit man what he should or shouldn't do. But I pray for the spirit man. God, what do you want me to do? You know, am I in obedience to God or my obedience to the world? Uh, just one last thought. It says, you know, when I get to heaven, my deeds are going to be passed through fire. Do you ever think of your tithing as a deed, a good deed that you're doing for God? 
Well, you see, God, you know, um, um, I had to take an extra, I had to skip because I wanted to buy one of those boxes in the World Series pool. You know, so and if I win, if I win a thousand dollars, God, I'll, I'll make it up to you. Do I make it up to God? Does a natural man going to run my life? What does the Scripture say? What does the Spirit say? What brings life? Hallelujah! I probably ran over two minutes. Oh, hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Lord, we submit unto you. We give unto you, which is part yours. It's all yours, but we give part. And I ask you to bless it. Bless the givers. And those that are challenged, Lord, minister to their hearts and their minds. I pray for truth to be known in Jesus' name. Bless it. Amen. Uh, two more quick announcements. Again, if you're a first-time guest with us, please make your way to the Connect Corner after service for your free T-shirt. Second of all, our prayer team and healing team is available. Uh, if you need or would like prayer, uh, on the left, or yeah, my left, my right, under the screens, there will be people waiting, and they'll be able to pray. Pastor Matt. Uh, word of knowledge that the Lord gave. There's a, someone here with a sore, a pain in your back, and I'm hearing the number seven. So I don't know if it's the seventh vertebrae. It's right in this area. And so if you have pain in your back, especially in this area, possibly vertebrae number seven, come on up. See the prayer and healing teams underneath the screens. Amen. We'll see you guys next week.